With 186 million subscribers worldwide, Jimmy Donaldson, a.k.a. Mr. Beast, has entered the ghost kitchen space, launching Mr. Beast Burger. Since November of 2020, Mr. Beast Burger has opened over 1,700 locations in North America and Europe, including 300 locations in a single day, further proving the viability of the ghost kitchen model. Today on the Restaurant Growth Show podcast, we take a deep dive into ghost kitchens. This is episode six. Hey, it's Gordon, and this is the Restaurant Growth Show podcast, where we talk about how restaurants can use technology to boost their sales. We've got a lot to talk about in this episode, but first, let's introduce our guests. First, we have Jose Albus, co-founder and chief growth officer at Modern. With more than 25 years of online marketing experience, Jose has successfully founded and operated companies in software and hospitality. Jose's passion is to continue to build technology to help restaurateurs grow their businesses. Next, we have Alex Cook, VP of Sales and also a co-founder at Modern. Alex's experience in the hospitality industry spans 30 years, including 16 years selling restaurant POS solutions throughout North America. Alex's deep understanding of consumer behavior led him to pioneer hospitality mobile ordering solutions. Lastly, who am I? Well, my name is Gordon. I am your host and I am the resident digital marketer at Modern. I run a digital marketing program called 90 Days to Success where I teach restaurateurs how to sell their food online through digital marketing. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Fantastic. We are doing excellent. All right. Okay. So look, before we jump into Mr. Beast and all of the success his virtual brand is having, let's take a step back for those who are unfamiliar with ghost kitchens. Ghost kitchens are also known as virtual kitchens, are restaurants that offer meals to guests through delivery and takeout only. They are entirely virtual and work out of a commercial kitchen. There is no traditional brick and mortar front of house where customers can dine in. Ghost kitchens are popular because of their low overhead, ease of startup, increased market reach, and stable scalability. Jose, let's start with you. How would a franchise go about starting a ghost kitchen brand? Well, um, the way that it has, it has been done for those that have a front of house and have been established for a while is to start looking at the downtime and the um, capacity of the kitchen to look for those uh, spaces where they would be able to, to, to fill with something either similar um, along the same lines of what they've been always preparing uh, meaning that the, the the production is very similar enough that you can uh, shift a little bit and create either the same products under a new brand or slightly different, but with the same ingredients and similar processes so that you can actually promote these new products from the same kitchen. So the idea is that within the same kitchen, you start producing um, at the same time and a new brand that is only visible, available, and um, through online, over the phone, uh, but most likely online with an online presence, but no real 
front of the house for that specific brand. It is ghost because you cannot see it, you don't know where it comes from, but it can scare you, it can actually have an impact. Just to add to that, traditionally it's always been for delivery because they don't know where the brick and mortar store is located. So they don't come and pick it up. It, Ghost Kitchen is um, a particular brand uh, of an item that they're marketing, but you have no idea where that order is going to, or you, you know, the really the only thing they care about is the fact they they the consumer they're going to get their meal within a certain time frame, and it's going to be what they ordered, and it's something that they maybe recognize as a brand, like Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast, yes, what what an incredible story. So I am aware that. Traditionally, ghost kitchens have been delivery only. Um, are Alex, are ghost kitchens starting to, or some brands starting to um, use a takeout window as well? Is that something that they can do or is it strictly delivery only? It, it has traditionally been delivery only, but now we're starting to see other options. So as long as that particular restaurant that is now selling that ghost kitchen brand is okay with people knowing where they're coming to as far as a brick and mortar store, then it makes sense. But, you know, ghost kitchens come in all sorts of different sizes and flavors. So a, a good example is we're talking to one organization out of Vancouver. They've got a huge 20,000 square foot footprint and they've got multiple kitchens. In fact, they've got 24 separate kitchens in the back and each one is representing a different brand. However, when you go to the menu, you're going to see all these different types of food. And I can order from multiple different restaurants, all from one footprint. And in this case here, we've got the traditional delivery, but now we also have the pickup. So the question then becomes, how do you manage 24 different brands in one footprint, not just for the ordering, that's, that's relatively simple, but now how do you organize the pickup when I come to, to pick up that particular item, right? So um, my name, Alex, I come in, I say, Alex, I, I'm here for a pickup. I've got a verification for my code. There's a whole nother system that's wrapped around that process. Yeah, from what I understand, that type of a ghost kitchen model is, that's like creating their own marketplace. Am I correct? That is correct. Okay, and so would, so back to you, Jose. Uh, just to put you on the spot here, buddy, uh, what kind of costs are associated with launching a ghost kitchen? Well, in the case of uh, uh, that example that Alex was illustrating, uh, that's a big investment. The the vision for an operation like that is, like I was saying earlier, to maximize the capacity of the kitchen with a variety of of, um, of brands of of menus and items that relate to the same um, sort of speak. Uh, supply center, right? You buy your with all these different ingredients. You start to to using to produce different types of food that are relating to to different types of of um, of, uh, of brands. Um, so, for a restaurant that it's already established and that wants to maximize the use of their kitchen, um, I would say that the most important costs are the ones of developing the brand. Um, the the consulting or if they have the, the internal knowledge on how to optimize the internal operations of the kitchen to um, to then um, create these new lines of production, then uh, that that would that could come to a cost if it, there's a consulting 
or if it's done by themselves, then it would be more about like, how do you start promoting this brand, getting it out there, um, making it appealing. So website, app, uh, you name it, integrating to all of these. And, and then from there, start to produce from the same kitchen that is producing all the other um, lines of, of product. Right. So basically what you're getting at is it's a relatively low barrier um, to entry for an existing kitchen to say pivot into a ghost kitchen model to offer additional new new types of food okay so alex let me ask you a question here are there particular point of sale systems that are best suited for ghost kitchens not a point of sale system uh per se because a point of sale system is traditionally used for in-house um, pickup ordering etc at the till or for a server to ring items in um, what we do uh, have is we have um, third-party solutions which help manage multiple brands when it comes to ghost kitchens properly. And that can include bringing in all the different delivery orders that are coming in through third-party, whether it's Uber or DoorDash, Skip the Dishes, whoever that is, plus your own branded app. And this is the important part is how do you blend all these in together to make your operation streamlined and simple for everybody to to be able to work. So um, an example, when you change your price, you change your price traditionally in a point of sale system. In this case here, you have multiple tiers from different delivery apps, including ours, that you have to change prices on or change menu items. So adding or deleting an item, depending on your um, the, what the market bears. So that's where we work with third-party products like Otter. And they're a great solution for integrating directly to the point of sale system. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was just, there's just so many moving parts and so many um, integrations and um, the tech stack is is quite unique when we include a, a uh, ghost kitchen or a virtual kitchen into an existing model. That being said, if let's say I get my ghost kitchen up and running and I've got, you know, several popular items that, that then, you know, the community is, is enjoying and I'm starting to sell here. I feel like that would offset a lot of our labor costs. Are ghost kitchens, Alex, are ghost kitchens an answer to the labor crunch? That's a good question. I think it depends on where you're situated in North America. Um, if I take a look at the labor crunch, the front of the house isn't as big of a problem because they get good money and good tips. The The real problem is finding people in the kitchens. So I don't know if the, and I'm just being honest here, I don't know if it's the answer to the labor crunch because you still have to find people for the kitchen. Mm -hmm. um, what you're doing is you're adding more items coming into the kitchen. So now you have to find if it's successful more people to work in that. What I think is important is how do you how do you look at your kitchen as a production line? That you know that 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 that's your money maker right there. So your front of the house that that's really um, going to be eating up your expenses, right? You've got all your dishes, your table, your staff, um, your your lease for that space. That's an expensive animal to feed. Mm -hmm. Where the kitchen is the actual area that's producing the revenue for your business. So if you can maximize your kitchen and get the right people or reduce the number of steps, you know, making it more streamlined, then that's where the profit can help out or that's where you can find the additional profit. Right. right. Yeah. So yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Jose. Yeah. To, to add to that, I mean, one thing is that once you maximize the, the production in the kitchen with 
um, with something like a ghost kitchen, then what that's going to produce is more profit that will help mitigate the impact of the labor crunch, but it will not necessarily bring you someone. Maybe if that translates into uh, higher wages that you have people that actually it could be a, a job that is more appealing, um, but for the most part, it's more that, that it's just going to be that, that extra profit to um, to do something else, to open the possibilities, to um, but not necessarily, I mean, you cannot replace a human being. What technology can do is actually come and help in that part, the part of the labor, to actually some efficiencies, changing, restructuring, reducing the space, whatever it needs to do. Use stable service, like we've talked about before. Um, and then with that, that, that would have be something that is directly related to the labor crunch. The ghost kitchen will help to maximize the production in the kitchen, to maximize the profits, and maybe not have to worry too much about the front of the house. Right, and, and I think restaurateurs are very, very interested in fattening their margins right now because, of course, they are so slim um, with with inflation and, and fuel costs and just everything under the sun that's that's happening to them and everything that they've been through. So, um, cool. Jose, how long does uh, something like a ghost kitchen typically take to get up and running? Well, I mean, if if like if the kitchen is already there, let's say let's say I, I want to see in that example of the there's a restaurant they're struggling with with labor crunch, and something that you just pointed to is that. Um, they, as we know, sometimes what, what they're doing right now is that they're closing, right? So let's say that someone is in a, in, in a really tough situation um, and, and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm having to close so many times a week, like two, three days a, a week when I was open the whole time. And my design, the, the, like Alex says, the, the real estate I have to cover for the front house is, is, is needs this size of operation, but I've, I've been having to close. That is a big issue. So what if those in, in they shifted that for three days and, and they already have the operation there, instead of having to, thinking that it's all front of house and this real estate, the big animal that needs to be fed, you actually took those three days, just had the, 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 the cooks and actually ran an, a, a ghost kitchen with a brand and, and, and how long would someone in that situation, they, they literally, if you, you hire a marketer, you, you, you set up a, a, a um, an online presence with a Wix or any of the quick um, uh, website builders. Uh, you you have your menu or different menus so that it, you, you keep that that experience that you've been so doing for many years. And then you have you you start pumping marketing and the content of the menus in all these different third parties. Um, and it could it could be within days that you can can actually create something like that. So at that that point you're saving. Um, you're you're having your kitchen operating all week long. You don't have to. You start to learn within those three days that you're just doing ghost kitchen. That actually, uh, in the beginning, that that right away, I don't have to worry about that. And if uh, and and you would have like the kitchen going on, which is the like Alex says, the one that pays the bills. You have it running all week long, and then you can focus on the three four days a week that actually you have the 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 personal. To actually run the front of a house, and then you should be great in time. Let's take look a look at, at an. <laughs> let's take a look at an example. So you have more of a casual fine dining restaurant, right? And maybe a seafood restaurant as an example. And perhaps you know it's a large kitchen, 
but they have the additional space and all of a sudden you can make some smash burgers and it doesn't take a lot to produce a hamburger you know you need a hot grill you need a place to get some bun you need some inventory and you got the special sauce you know and also some fries to go with that well in this case here you're now adding a quick takeout product customer has no idea that that's that higher end seafood restaurant that that hamburger is coming from but you can mix your menu up depending on what your kitchen is capable of putting out the door and as jose mentioned if it's uh, monday tuesday or your slow nights great time to add another product where maybe that is a specialty product for takeout you got your baseball games or your football games and you know those takeout items are going to be much more in demand on a monday tuesday than going to a fine dining restaurant so there's lots of different ways where Ghost kitchens can play a vital role to help a restaurant out. And that's just one example. And so Alex, should uh, should I open up a ghost kitchen? Should restaurants, should, should franchises seriously consider opening up a ghost kitchen? I think you should, because you would do a great job at it, Gordon. <laughs> out of my out of my small tiny little condo here absolutely yeah that's right out the window Took up some hot dogs you know i you know i think it really depends on the, the kitchen if you've got space for it and you've got a and you know no pun intended you've got an appetite to add something like that to your kitchen um by all means uh, i think there's you know that's something that a restaurant should explore um they also have to take a look and say, well, what's my profit margin if I'm focused solely on delivery, because that delivery fee is going to be taking a bite out of that. A lot of terms going on here, a bite out of the margins. So a lot of puns. You know, There's a lot of puns coming out of Alex. A lot of today. puns. Yeah. A lot of, lot, I'm getting hungry. I just, you know, buns? it's one thirty. I haven't had lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Speaking geez. of which, I do have to go. So I'm going to have to cut out of this particular, you guys carry on. Have a great afternoon, but uh, I do have to run. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. Okay. See you, gentlemen. Jose, I'm going to grill you here a little bit because you were late and you just caused <laughs> a riff in, in all of our schedules here. Uh, let me ask you this about ghost kitchens. Is this a fad? Is this something that just sounds really cool, sounds like it, it's viable? And is this something that is just going to pass in a few years or is this something that's going to stick around i i don't think it's a fad the same way that uh online ordering was uh not is not a fad um it's just a new way a new possibility a new way of operating a new way of serving people uh as, as you can see they they grew together um, online and ghost kitchens because that's what technology does. And when technology gets well settled uh, all across our, um, our, our lives, from job creation, fit in the economy, um, why would it be? Uh, if anything, it will transform itself and the industry, uh, bringing more possibilities. When I think about um, if I would uh, open or, or not a ghost kitchen, I think about more um, those restaurateurs that may be struggling with the, with labor and that are uh, frozen into what may be possible for them to survive and, and expand their businesses and when when they have to close a couple of days or three days a week. Um, it, it is it's, it's my concern and also my passion to see these possibilities for 
for dealing with the situation where as human beings, you know, that those are the moments where new solutions come. That's are the moments where where we we have that that human power to to create and 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 develop something new. So you mentioned you, several times here, Jose. You've mentioned the possibilities. What are those possibilities? Can you can you, can you name some? Yeah, I think um, a lot of it. Because, like, if we think about the 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 kitchen as as this production, right? And if you remember, um, the big MD is like one of the main things that made them big was. Uh, as simple but not visible as how the kitchens are configured for mass production. Uh, so bringing that thinking into what the uh, the operations of a kitchen could be, but with the new technology, the, the possibilities are, are endless and technology being the way that the, the consumer connects directly with the kitchen, um, you're able to really maximize the capacity of of of, of production of, in, of that kitchen into into many things into do i like i keep thinking about this restaurant tour right and then they think that they may be thinking ah, maybe i'm just gonna get rid of front of the house maybe and that that would be i'm going full ghost kitchen what's the point we have a great time where everybody's working all the time um profits are coming through um, I've uh, I'm, I've partnered with the third parties, but also with other solutions. Um, we found ways of of uh, you see, like it's just the beginning of many things. So to answer your question, no, I don't think it's a fact. In terms of profitability, um, do you think that a ghost kitchen is an opportunity to expand, say, a restaurant's customer base or a brand's customer base? Yeah, indeed. I mean, um, and how how do you how do you foresee that? Well, the the experience of let's put it this way: deliveries becoming more and more ubiquitous. Where um, it's just a way that food arrives. So the better you design the product to have be an experience, by the time it arrives to to the the, the consumer, then um, anything in between it's already a given. So if, if you make amazing food that is designed with a great packaging that travels well, uh, you know the timing of the food and you're able to actually ping the, the, the consumer, like even technology is able to, to do these things where it um, gets delivered, you get pinged back, the system sends a uh, 15 minute, 20 minute, whatever you expect that the, 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 the consumer will take into finishing the food. You notify, hey, how was the food? I hope it was well. Please give us some feedback. You're closing a, a, an experience of loop like never we've been able to have. Like, like, like the best restaurants do in real life, but better because human beings forget stuff. Human beings, I, I was reading today, uh, this is a little bit inside, but I was, I was um, uh, reading someone complaining on Facebook or some group or something about the, that he, they hated that the, the waitress that asked, what are you guys doing after? when after going for dinner to a restaurant. Why is and that? I, they, they, they simply, uh, the, the whole point that blew it up was that he said, sometimes I get so mad that I, I, I even drop three points in, my, in, my, in the tip that I give. 
And Be- uh, because the waitress asked, "What are you doing afterwards?" Yeah, because it was not original. Because it was not an original. Oh, it, okay. It didn't seem sincere. It was sincere. So I understand. Like, yeah, exactly. And 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 of course, it's a human being that is asking the same question. If that's what they were recommending to ask, because it's a, it's a it's a it's a touristic city, then uh, you're expecting that people are going to go somewhere else and that they're going to have fun and that they're going to interact and you're going to recommend, um, but. It, when it comes in sincere and all human, we are we're all human. Uh, then those are the kind of issues that happens with human beings. When the system brings you that and uh, and and asks you, and you're like, if you think about it, you cannot put an Im- an imaginary Sally that served you right when you get the notification from a system. All you think is the brand is doing this. Like you're not, you're not, you're not seeing a face. You're not having that that emotional reaction as 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 deep, and um, and even though I prefer the human experience, um, human human humans are humans, and these humans happen. are humans, and humans are flawed, and 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 I think flawed. I understand what you're saying yeah. about that. It's uh, there, there, you have the capability of uh, humanizing your communication through technology and through SMS and email. You could personalize those those messages, you know, enjoy the game tonight. Or, you know, if we know that there's exactly. uh, something major that's happening, you know, the Oscars are on to, you know, enjoy, enjoy watching the Oscars, something like that. The Oscar burger for the weekend. <laughs> right? yeah. I think that, I think that's, that's a real advantage um, of, of ghost kitchens as well. <clears throat> Coming back to expanding your customer base. I think that maybe I was, um, looking towards expanding a customer base by being able to offer a different type of cuisine out of the same kitchen to that same community or city. Is that, is that, do you think that that would work for ghost kitchen? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it, it does. Um, and, and I think that that is a, um, a, a great opportunity that is in its infancy actually. Because it's um, it's like if you were doing cross promotional, um, like co 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 marketing with another brand, um, and that you could mix because you've learned that people that order this order that, and uh, it could go together, etc. But it's it, this is one of those like I was saying before, the, the, it just opens new possibilities, and that is something that could work really well. We know that some of these uh, ghost kitchens, because of the efficiency of being in the same, coming out of the same place, but different brands, it could be the, a, a great way of combining two brand experiences that 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 could work very well. For sure, yeah. I I I don't know that the two would be combined. However, I think there's the the point of the ghost kitchen is to operate separately, right? So if there is say. Um, a Thai food restaurant, and they had the capability to bring on um, some simple ingredients for, say, a Mr. Beast burger, right? Which they have, um, you know, some simplistic ingredients and a very few, select few menu items for the Mr. Beast burger. If if I was able to bring in Mr. Beast burger and I serve Thai food, let's say, um in-house and takeout only but the mr beast burger ghost kitchen that operated out of my kitchen 
was delivery only that that's that diversification of food um, and customers that are coming out of that particular business um, and are drawing in those new types of customers. I believe that's the ideal outcome of a ghost kitchen. What, what, what do you think about that? Well, as, as we're seeing um, that, that it's been, it happens right now. Um, some kitchens are, um, are, are ready for certain types and other ones. So there's organizations that have multiple ghost kitchens across the city, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason why there's multiple kitchens is because they cover the whole city and they're able to uh, serve with quality from the different, um, the different locations, so to speak. And what happens is that within those locations that are the, the, the kitchens that are combined brands, you're able to order from that location different brands, right? So when when uh when someone orders it means that i'm 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 we're a group of people i'm with my family and it's like johnny wants tacos maria wants burgers the other one wants pizza but and isn't isn't that a marketplace isn't isn't that what you're talking about correct it's not a ghost kitchen but, marketplace but different locations you you actually have the option to choose and not every location has the same uh, not they not always always have the, all of the brands. Some have five of the seven, three of the five. Like it 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 varies. So if the whole marketplace has uh, fifteen, not all the locations have it available at the same time. So it's an interesting base and definitely a growing technology and business model that I believe restaurants and brands are closely taking closely taking a look at it. This has been a really interesting conversation. Uh, thank you, Jose. Thanks to Alex. I'm going to continue to have a look at Ghost Kitchens and learn as much as I possibly can. This has been the Restaurant Growth Show Podcast, Episode 6. Ghost Kitchens, they're fascinating. Jose, again, thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned next week for Episode 7, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I'm out. Lucky 7.